Shall we begin? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Premier League Pulse, brought to you by the Differential FPL Podcast. I remain Dishupet Doherty, and we are, we're going to have a, um, a short one today. Um, schedules couldn't fully align. Um, so with me today is Alex. Hey, Alex, how are you doing? I'm good, my bro. I'm good. 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 Yeah, good. good. Yeah, good. Looking forward to another discussion. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on, and thanks for speaking with me, t- with me today. Don't worry, um, I won't celebrate too much while we're talking. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you're allowed to, you're allowed to. You're allowed uh, to. Yeah, but yeah. A, a, great, a, a great weekend of, of Premier League, of Premier League football, I have to say. Um, and um, I guess we could, um, what we're going to talk about, I mean, we're going to really talk about the Liverpool-Arsenal game. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about different things that, other different things that happened during the weekend. Obviously, some really good matches, Newcastle, Luton. Great match there. Um, Luton getting um, a draw there. So first off, let, let's let's dive straight into this Liverpool versus Arsenal game, um, Alex. And um, I guess we could let, let's start from the top. Um, I mean, when you saw that Liverpool lineup, what was your what was your first thoughts on that Liverpool lineup? I was breaking it. Like I'm not even gonna lie. I um, <laughs> I'll be I'll be brutally honest. I was not confident before the game. Anyone who knows me, like you. Um, I expected a draw. I didn't think we are going to come to America and beat you guys. Remember on the last pod, a few Chelsea fans and a few United fans said Liverpool wins. And I just didn't yeah. see it for a number of reasons. I knew the players that mm-hmm. we had out, one. Number two, we're just beating you guys like in the FA Cup a few weeks back. So there's no way you guys are not going to come with that extra, extra fuss. And lastly... The fact that this was almost your last chance, last chance to loan in terms of the Premiership title, you losing would have meant your eight points behind us. So, so everything putting everything together, I just felt this one is just going to be one of those games where you guys would give that ten percent extra, which should get you over the line. Then probably I'll probably just land on the fact, final point being, we've not lost a game in a while. And I just, and I said it, I said in our group that this is going to come to an end soon. It's one of those where just based on law of averages, that defeat was around the corner and it is what it is. So yeah, so when I saw the lineup, like I said, uh, it filled me with uh, trepidation a little bit and I'll I'll explain why I'm in there. No Salah, we already knew that, which is Mm -hmm. a blow. And yes, we've been playing well without Salah, but... Only a mile of time before he caught up with us, and he finally did. Then, when I now saw no Nunes, because in my opinion, after Salah, Nunes is probably our most important player, attacking wise. Yes, he misses chances. Yeah, he scoffs a certain opportunities that he gets. But one thing Nunes does is when we play, we create chances. There's a stat that's been going around today that all our losses this season, Nunes hasn't started any of them. Mm. Can't be coincidence. But anyway, yeah. yeah. And obviously, no Subosly. I just looked at the whole thing. A lot of our output merchants were out. Subosly, okay. Nunes, Salah, and I just felt it was going to be one of those top games. Like, a draw would have been a good result for us. But yeah, we can get into it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, 
on my end, I mean, as a last off, when I saw the lineups and um, Jesus wasn't on the lineup, I was kind of like, yeah, you know what? You know, this is not even that surprising. You know, <laughs> I was hoping Party would be back, but obviously we got we got news earlier on that Party, you know, had his setback. You know, so um, the lineup that uh, Mikel had is pretty much one that he kind of uses against big teams quite a bit. So, yeah. you know, um, he had... Um, only difference was pretty much Havertz um, in for Jesus. Jorginho, Jorginho actually starts quite a few big games for us now. He started yeah. the... Um, the last win against Man City, and I think he started the FA Cup match against against you guys as well. So when it, it comes to big when it comes to big games, you know, Jorginho starting is not like something that 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 is that 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 is different. What was a bit different though was that Jorginho was actually one of the of the guys that was that was pressing up front. You know, it kind of felt like Rice was staying at the back and Jorginho was pressing on that left side. And um, I guess that brings me to my my next question: the pressing that that Arsenal had. You know, on that level, on on your team, were you surprised by how bad you guys were were unable to deal with that? Um, I won't say surprised because I expected it. I'll be honest. What I'll tell you what Teta did, I was very smart. I do like okay. Teta because I think he's a tactician. People say Deserby is a tactician. I think that Teta is like that. And I'll tell yeah. you what he did that some people might not have noticed or seen. Right? He tried mm-hmm. to keep. He tried to keep our centre back pairings wide apart, and in yeah. fact, that's what led to your first goal. And I'll tell you yeah. how he did it. I'll tell you how he did it. He played Odegaard and Havertz as your ten. So Havertz wasn't actually up top. He played him as a ten um, with Odegaard, but Havertz was obviously floating around the left side of the ten, Odegaard's right side of the ten. So what that did was the fact that Havertz was playing towards closer to Martinelli on the left hand side of the ten. Konate already tends to drift out there to support Trent already, you know what I mean? So this time, yeah. he did it in such a way that he kept Konate out there. Havertz was occupying him a lot. So Konate kept shifting to the right and obviously making the space between him and Van Dijk bigger. And yeah. one thing you guys now did in a very clever way is you moved the ball very quickly. That's what led to your first goal. If you, if you watch it back, you'll see you kept Konate out on the right long enough to get the ball quickly to Odegaard so quickly release Martinelli to uh, Havertz into space. That led yeah. to the first goal. But yeah, in terms of pressing overall, I wasn't surprised because you guys do that very well. You guys press very well. What I was surprised about was the fact that we didn't adapt to that very quickly. And the only thing I can think of is tired legs. Those uh, players were fatigued. And I think, because I looked at it, I think in, in January... I'm not mistaken. You guys would play maybe before us. You'd play two games or three or something. We're basically playing more than double the games you guys have played in yeah, January. Yeah, which, yeah. We were I mean, it, exactly. And our last game was literally a few days ago against Chelsea where you would probably send the stats where we ran, I think, over nine kilometers more than them. If you, want to, if you want to know what that actually means in football terms, that's like having an extra player for 90 minutes. Mm. So the players... So, yeah. So it's one of those where... I just the players. Were, I don't. I just think they were knackered. But I think you get yeah. one of those games where the, the players were tired. They couldn't. They couldn't counter the press you guys were putting on us. And Ateta was very smart with keeping our centre back pairings wide apart. So putting yeah. all those things together, like I think, yeah, it made it very hard for us to really get into the game. Fair enough. And um, uh, you you said something there about how quickly we moved the ball. You know, and um, this is this is this was one one of the times um I noticed as well when 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 um 
Raya, I think it was from a counter situation. You guys had a set piece or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was before the goal where Raya releases uh, Martinelli very quickly on the break and he takes on Konate and he just, he just, he bombs past Konate. Like, he just, like, normally, you know, with a winger, like, you know, you, you see them try to do a little trick, you know, blah, but mm-hmm. that was old school football. I will put this ball in front of you and I, you will not get me. And to be yeah. honest, when I saw Martinelli do that, I was like, okay, I'm not seeing a lot of guys boom past Konate. You know, I was half expecting Konate to get there, but Martinelli mm-hmm. had so much pace and power there. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess, you know, and then the cross to, to Saka, um, I think Gomez was kind of smart the way he nudged Saka a little bit. But at the end yeah. of the day, Saka should still bury that, still, you know. But, you know, that was a great bit of play. And I just brought that up because you talked about how quickly, you yeah. know, Arsenal moved the ball. And, you know, how quick Martinelli was. And um, Trent on that wing. Was Trent injured? Because there were yeah. a lot of times Martinelli passed him and it just looked like Trent didn't even make a tackle. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we already know that Trent is not the best defensive, especially when it comes to 1v1 uh, situations. Yeah. But it was clear as day that there are two players who were not fit yesterday, Trent and Nunes. Yeah. Trent, yeah. Trent, remember Trent has just come out from injury. He played Correct. the last yeah. game for about 15, 20 minutes yeah. uh, against Chelsea. This game, I think Klopp wanted to just give maybe 45 minutes, which I think he did. I think he gave him, he gave him 60 minutes. He was forced to give him 60 minutes. So it was clear because yeah. Trent was moving like he was drunk. He was, yeah. he was definitely not fit. And yeah. Nunes, on the other hand, is also not fit. Because when he yeah. came on, yeah. you could see in him. Because remember, against Chelsea, the report came out that he had, bru- he had bruised his toe. So there's yeah. no way he could really, really get into the game. I think, again, we just, we just, brought, we just brought him along because... We had no other option because if Nunez was fit, he would decide the game. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie. When I when I saw your your lineup and it was Gakpo instead of Nunez, I I was like, yeah, yep, happy. of course. I, I I was like, yep, that's that's it. Uh, I'm good of with course. that. If we, we have to deal you, with yeah. Nunez for that two minutes, exactly. And I, I, obviously, I know I know we'll, we'll get into it from the Liverpool side and everything. But there were a couple of mistakes that Klopp did. He made. I don't yeah. know if we want to talk about that now. Should we just finish on the? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. There are a couple of things he made. Obviously, yesterday we were handicapped with certain players missing, granted. Yeah. But some of the things that he did yesterday baffled me. And um, and I'll try and list them, you know, in not alphabetical order, just in the way I remember mm. them. First one was, he knew Nunes couldn't play 90. He also knew Trent couldn't play 90. But guess what? He took out Trent when he was bringing on Nunes. Nunes wanted mm. to strive off. Nunes strives off players who are able to find the passes, right? And what mm-hmm. does Trent do? Trent finds the passes. So it would have, in my opinion, it would have made sense to play both of them, even if, even if it's for 45 minutes, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Then take yeah. them off. Because it, bringing on Nunes when he didn't really have people who would service him the ball. Remember we had no stubble slide. Remember yeah. McCallister yeah, you did have was, was, yeah. yeah, McCallister was playing as a lone DM. He was contained already. Yeah. And you guys yeah. at that point were leading 2-1. And yeah. were playing in a slightly semi-low block, which made it difficult. So I think his subs yesterday... His, his lineup and subs didn't make sense. That's the first one. The second one, fair enough, you want to put Nunes on the bench for whatever reason. The front three was all wrong. Playing um, Gapo on the right, for me, was like playing with 10 men. Gapo mm. was someone who was predominantly played on the left, every now and again played as a false nine. Since he came to Liverpool, he's been false nine one or two times on the left. But this season, I think he's been misused. And yesterday was almost like, was glaringly obvious. He's not. But he did good. get um let, let me say this though. He did get those two chances. Well, one of them, Gabriel 
put a foot out and, and got the ball yeah. away from him. But he did get that chance as well that he put just about wide. And no, that, no. Came, that, that came from his central position, really, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried, he tried to drift in every now and again. He did try to drift in mm. to defend to him. But he's just not yeah. a right winger. So, yes, he's Correct. a good player. So, in, in 1960 minutes, he'll get one or two chances. But it's not mm-hmm. ideal. What would have yeah. been ideal yesterday would have been stick him on the, stick him on the left, which he's used to based on his time at PSV, play Jota up front and stick Diaz on the right. FA Cup, second half against you guys, Diaz played on the right and he walked the tree. After yeah. the fact that Zichenko tends to invest a lot, Diaz on the right with more pace would have probably troubled you guys a little bit more. So that baffled me, like I said, that whole front three, then the whole Nunes trends in terms of not working. Then lastly, what also baffled me was bringing on Elliot because mm. it, you could tell that that wasn't a game for Harvey Elliott to come into. I would have personally, when I brought on Nunes, and again, hindsight is a beautiful thing, but he has done this in the past, and I expected him to do it yesterday. When you bring on Nunes, you would have shifted Gapo to the midfield where he has played quite a number of times for us mm. and not bring on Elliot because all Elliot was doing yesterday, especially yesterday, was he gets the ball and he tucks in on his left, bringing the ball back infield where you guys had Jorginho and Rice. So he wasn't yep. stretching the game for us in any way, shape, or form. All he was doing no. was coming inside. And I, I remember Gapo was obviously on the right. So again, he was coming inside. And he just made our game. Yes, yesterday was in Liverpool. I didn't recognize my team yesterday. All right, fair enough. Um, so we already talked a little bit about the goals. Um, and I guess, um, you know, we talked well about how we closed down as well. What I wanted to talk again, about was um was that first was Liverpool's first goal. I mean it was it was yeah. it was just before halftime. Um you know I'm sure Liverpool fans, you know, I'm sure you're probably thinking, you know what, this first half has, has gone badly, but you're still you're just one nil down. Mm-hmm. You know, you can definitely come back. No no, no biggie there. And then Arsenal mm-hmm. go ahead and give you give you that kind of of, of goal. And uh, apparently it was quite windy in the in the stadium. Not an excuse for anything. But in that situation with Saliba and Raya you know, I feel like there was miscommunication there. They should have done better to just fucking get it out of the stadium. You know, I think yeah. Saliba should have taken responsibility. So, who did you think was at fault there for 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 giving Diaz the opportunity to actually make a play? Which, at the end yeah. of the day, funny enough, when Diaz kicks, kicks that ball, he hits Gabriel on the on the hand. So even if yeah. he didn't go in, they would have probably given the pen anywhere. So probably given the yellow card. Exactly. So he was destined to go in. Pretty much. Yeah. So what did you make of that goal and and what did you think was our fault there? Yeah, that was Saliba all day long. I don't think yeah. we could actually blame Raya for that. Yes, he could mm. have been a bit more commanding, but maybe communication. But that yeah. was Saliba because he was trying to shield the ball and guide it. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. ball wasn't there for Raya because Diaz yeah. was not letting go. Diaz was still on it. All Saliba yeah. had to do was just boot that ball, even if it's even if for a corner, that's exactly mm. what he should have done. Which, yeah. like, 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 our good friend Manny said yesterday, he was trying to defend with aura. Van Dyke does that a lot, <laughs> and so, no, for real. And sometimes I get angry when he does it because you know this. There's certain yeah. defenders who look at things like this and say, you know what, I'm too fine to get. I'm, I'm like, I want to show this guy that he can't shove me off the ball or something. Some of them, sometimes they, they get in their own head like that and yeah. just feel that they can just control the situation. Konate wouldn't have done that. So the same type of defense, yeah. Konate would just clear it or just yeah. shove you away or something. But Van Dijk yeah. does that a lot. So when Saliba did it, I wasn't shocked. Like, obviously, he's... I won't say he's believing his own height because he's a very good defender, one of the best in premiership, granted. So I think at that moment yesterday, he will learn from it. 
next time a ball is bouncing like that or just obviously mm. ricocheting all over the place, he'll probably clear it. But yeah, yes, that goal yesterday was all Saliba for me. Ryan, really to blame. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. Ryan, definitely very little to blame there because, I mean, let's look at one of the things about Arsenal fans as well and um, I've heard people say this as well. It's like, that is bad you know we always try to make excuses for him because he's that guy that like he barely makes mistakes especially this season last season he had a few mistakes in, in there that you kind of like what's going on with this guy but yeah. he really makes mistakes so when he makes mistakes yeah. you're kind of like hmm, what was really going on here why did he make mm-hmm. that mistake and when mm-hmm. I on first viewing on first viewing I was like I, I, when it was happening as it was happening I was like clear this ball guy but I knew in the back of my mind that it's Saliba. I mean, Saliba has been in a situation whereby you will see you will see people rushing towards him, and he won't clear that ball. He will do something. He will do it like a little bit of trickery or whatever yeah. it is, and he will get the ball away one way or the other. And yeah. I just I, f- I felt at that time that look, if Saliba is holding the guy back, he's in control of the situation, he knows what he's doing. Maybe Raya could have noticed that this is what Saliba is doing a little bit earlier and and come out quicker. But at the end of the day. You know, it really was Saliba. And you mm-hmm. know what? It's good that it happened to him now because mm-hmm. next time when that thing happens, he's going to put that ball out of the stadium. Next yeah. time he's in that situation, he's just going to be like, yep, I'm clearing this rubbish. Yeah, so it's good. Sometimes you need to make all these mistakes in high-pressure games so that in another high-pressure game that we're in, you have learned you know from it and you decided that next time I'll do better. You know what to do. Um, and I guess this, this is my next question. It's, because... all, yeah, it's, all, it's all about experience. Like you said, it's all he, about... he sh- he should learn from it. He's still a young guy. Exactly. And yeah. Before your next question, very quick one on Saliba yeah. though. Are you are you yeah. slightly worried that his aerial domination is not where it should be? And I'm and I'm not I'm not trying to troll you. I'm being honest honest here. If you, if you check that yeah. goal, right? Let's rewind yeah. ten yeah. seconds, that goal. You know, yeah. he, he he lost the first header. I don't know if you if you yeah. watched his goal again. Yeah, and this is not the first time. Like I've I, I saw some stats floating around a few days ago that his aerial duels are not great. And for a big man, mm-hmm. I would have expected it to be better. So he just it's just one to one to watch or one to note and see if that's something that he can improve on. Because you would think he'll yeah. be dominating in the air, but he doesn't seem to be one of those that dominates in the air. I don't know if that's just a style of play or he's just not great at it. But yeah. Well, I think think see the thing about it is that from the from the first time Saliba got to England, as big as he is, there has been a lot of talk about his ability in the air, right? Mm. And his ability in the air is actually, it's been known for a while that his ability okay. in the air is not great. He wins a few, but he wins a few, but it's not great. The thing, but the good thing about it is that he has that nice strength and size, and yeah. he also has a partner that basically is very good in the air and likes to, you know, pretty much go for everything in the air, and that's Gabriel. So Gabriel. in a way, it kind of works, it works out that way. For them, but even in this game that you're talking about, before he mistimes that ball with Diaz, I actually had it in my notes as well that he mistimes another ball. I can't remember mm-hmm. who it was against, but very, very early. This was even before you know Martinelli um, killed um, Konate, but even before that, he went after another ball in the air and he, I think he mistimed it. Obviously, the wind in the stadium, like I said earlier, was a bit mad, but this is not the first time I've seen. Saliba gets underneath the ball and not actually use his head properly. Mm-hmm. So it's something mm-hmm. that teams target, you know, um, you know, is if you give Saliba a slight nudge sometimes, he can be stronger. But, you know, Saliba is still 22. Hopefully his heading gets better. But at the same time, you know, like I said earlier, 
Gabriel is actually very, very good in the air. And he's the, he's the one that actually goes for most of those balls that, you know, that you see coming. You know, and then speaking of ball in the air, Van Dijk and and, and, um, and Becker. Funny enough, I think it's, it, it, there's a little bit of miscommunication. There's also the fact that Martinelli is right around there. And Martinelli is like, he's sniffing around. I think it's like, it's like a little chihuahua. You're not sure exactly where he is. I'm, I'm a bit worried about what Martinelli is about to do. And also the fact that I think Martinelli gives Van Dijk a okay, little... It pushed him. It pushed him. Thank yeah. you. I thought, I uh, thought yeah, you were going yeah. to miss that out. But I like no, no, no. It pushed see. him. It pushed yeah. him. He gave him a little... You know, and the, the thing about it is that when you're in the in the air and when you're trying to concentrate on stuff, any slight thank push you. like and that can... Thank you. Thank you. And I see, think... You know what? And I think, you know, yeah, you know what? Actually, like, I like how honest... See, that's why I like two-man conversation because I feel like yeah. there's a lot of honesty in today's pod, which is good. Because yeah. it, were, it were other other lads, yeah, like Namdi and so on. <laughs> you probably been shameless and denied that fact. I like the fact that you're being honest here. Yeah. He shoved him. Yes. In, yeah. in as much as, as, as was a slight nudge, like you said, if you've ever played football, you know that when you're trying to basically judge the flight of a ball and that's all you're concentrating on, the slightest of nudges can actually take you off track. And he, he shoved him. And as he shoved mm. him, uh, Van Dyke was going to clash into what's his name? Uh, was going to run into Alice. Becker. Yeah, yeah Alison, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so he tried to divert his movement, and obviously, that obviously confused Becker and the yeah. rest of history. But yeah, yeah, we can lead to your question. Yeah, so, um, I mean, in your, in your eyes, when you saw that goal going, what was your first, you know, first reaction to that? I was angry, I was disappointed, I was shocked because that's not something you expect from. Uh, veteran players in Van Dijk or Alisson. But when I take the emotions out of it, obviously I saw it again and I tried to analyze it. Two things stuck to me, or in fact, three. First one, we've already addressed. Martinelli pushes Van Dijk ever so slightly. So I think that makes the blame on them a little bit less. Number two, I was a bit surprised about the lack of communication, again, which speaks to the whole Van Dijk aura thing. He just feels he's got everything in control and he doesn't re- doesn't even need to speak to his keeper which I think is mm-hmm. wrong because I don't care about your experience you defending one-on-one communication communicate tell Becker I've got this or vice versa when they showed the replay again I didn't see either of them say anything so it was just mm. one of those where they both just thought we'll sort this out it's only Martinelli so yeah, yeah that was yeah then last but not least the blame in my opinion is more on Becker not on Van Dyke because we I didn't, Becker didn't have to be out there. I mm. guess he's a, sweep, he's a sweeper keeper and all that, which is fair enough. But if, that, if, if Van Dijk wasn't there and it was him versus Martinelli, I get it. He's a sweeper keeper. He'll try and get the ball before Martinelli. He has done that so many times. But the fact that Van Dijk was there, he wasn't even behind Martinelli or anything. He was in front of Martinelli. He had to leave Van Dijk to sort that situation out. And if Van Dijk missed it, then try and get that one-on-one. That's all he had to do. But him coming out, rush of blood, and the rest is history. But there's something about Alisson like I was going to add. He has games like this, like once mm. a season. If, 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 he, if you go through his Liverpool career, every season he has this game where it's like, that's not Alisson. I'm just yeah. hoping that, I'm hoping that that's the game and for the rest of the season, he's flawless. So yeah, it's one of those we just dust off. Fair enough. I mean, I, I looked at it as well and I mean, it was... It, I'm not gonna lie, it gave me great joy. At first view, I was like, "What? What is VVD? What, what? What are they doing?" When you look at yeah. it a little bit more, you see what what could have happened. I see what I see how tricky 
um, Martinelli could have been in that situation. And obviously, it got it got us. It was we basically basically repaid us back because I won't go lie to you. When as an Arsenal fan, when we went to that second half, especially the way Liverpool started in the second half, I was I was having nightmares of that FA Cup um, victory where Liverpool yeah. beat us. Just yeah. if, I was like, you, oh my god, this is happening yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, but you noticed, right? <laughs> I'll be honest, yeah, because when second yeah. half started, if you noticed, we we were on top, like not yeah, necessarily we creating loads of chances, but we looked comfortable. Like Diaz yeah. had a one v one situation that just went wide of the post. Same thing mm-hmm. with the uh, Gomez Jones. Uh, and yeah, it was Jones. So I, I was, com- I'll be honest, I was confident when the second mm-hmm. half started. 10 minutes into the second half, I was like, okay, we look like we've, we've grown into the game, like we've been doing all season. And I now looked mm-hmm. at the bench and I said, God, Nunes at the bench. So at the yeah. very least, we'll get a draw here. That was my thinking. Then, mm-hmm. the, unthink- then the unthinkable happened. And once yeah. that happened, I just felt, oh, God. Yeah. Then, I mean, the only other thing card. I'll say is, the only other thing I'll say is, and this is something that you know you said earlier about the about the subs. As soon as those subs came in, he made like three at a time. You know, yeah. He took out Trent, took out blah, 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 Gavin Birch, You know, all yeah, those guys. He took him out. Yeah, even, and even Gavin Birch, I think it was Gavin Birch's pass that led to the first yeah. goal as well. It anyway, it was yeah. It so was. when he took those guys out, something went out of your game a little bit because yeah. we then grew into the game. And I think it was yep. after that. After he took those guys out, maybe it was just after around that time. That was when um, Harvard's got that, you know, broke into the uh, box. And I know you've yeah. been uh, you've been singing my McAllister's praises last few last yeah. few weeks. But yeah. um, I think it was it, looking at it. I don't think it was a pen. I think Harvard brings the ball to inside just a little bit too much. But yeah. McAllister, there you can see why he gets those um, tackles in. That was a great recovery tackle from from McAllister. I give it of to course. you. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think McAllister's role in our team has been I, I don't want to use the word underrated, but slept on a little bit. Like mm-hmm. the amount of ground he covers and tackles that he actually gets in. For someone who's not your your typical six, quote unquote, he's doing he's he's doing a monstrous job. Yesterday he struggled a little bit for two reasons. One, he had no help. Like I mentioned, what Teta did that was very smart yesterday was almost not play two pivots, but he had Jorginho and Rice there. Mm-hmm. And we had McAllister, Jones, and Gravenberch. Jones and Gravenberch wanted to, as they typically often want to do, is go vertical, run forward. So yeah. more often than not, McAllister was left isolated one. And another reason why he was he struggled yesterday was he didn't get movement up top because, uh, because Nunez wasn't there. I don't want to blame mm. Diaz, Jota, or Gapo. But if you look at McAllister's game, and, I, and I'll go back against the most recent one, the last goal that we scored against Chelsea when he got the ball. Even from deep, he was able to release Nunes. And anytime McAllister gets the ball, in as much as he's a DM, he wants to play those vertical balls. And when, yeah. Salah, and when Salah and Nunes are on the pitch, what do they do? Once Trent and McAllister get the ball, they're on their bikes. But yesterday, yeah. a lot, a lot, if you notice, a lot of times, our midfielders were hanging onto the ball far too long, especially McAllister. Because when they look up, there was no movement. When they look up, there was no Gapo is no runner. Diaz, for some reason, now he's, he, he runs less and he comes to the ball more often. And as you know, Jota wants the ball to feet, then start doing those Suarez runs. So that's, that's one of the main reasons why McAllister struggled yesterday. But yeah, no excuses. Mm. I, I, let me give you guys a flower. You guys, you guys, <laughs> out, you, you guys outplayed us yesterday. 
tactically, physically. You guys got the crowd going. You guys yep. beat us, and you, and you deserve to beat us. I'm not even going to say anything. You deserve to beat us. The best we were going to get yesterday was a draw. If we had Fair to on the pitch all 90 minutes, we might have snuck the draw because we are used to scoring late goals. But once Kanate yeah. got sense of, I knew it was only a mouth, I would, I, would, I would, yeah, just take it 2-1 or 3-1 and, and leave the stadium. But yeah, you yeah. deserved it. So welcome back into Fair the enough. race. <laughs> so uh, I guess we could, we could, we could end um, this Liverpool section a little bit and talking a little bit about the red card and Havertz. You know, a lot of, yeah. a lot of you know, a few, few Arsenal fans were really, really impressed with, with, with Havertz yesterday. Um, me, as an Arsenal fan, what, what impressed me most was his, his, his pressing and his hustling. I felt the way he pressed you guys, the way he hustled against your team, it provided Konate and Van Dijk with something to think about. And it didn't allow them to fully do what they would do. Basically, it was kind of like a pest. Basically, yeah. like you know, it was just buzzing all around them. Like you know, when you're, yeah, I don't know, but you, you're always sleeping in AC, so you might not have, you might have never <laughs> experienced this. But you know, I am, I <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like slapping this thing, and this thing doesn't want to go away. You can't find where it is. It's all over the yeah. place. That's the way it kind of was. So it might not have won like a lot of headers and stuff like that. It, like because like even first of all, this Konate red, um, the first tackle that Konate gets the yellow. I think. It's a bit, it's 50 50. But at the end of the day, Konate throws him on the ground. And if Konate throws him on the ground like that, yes, the referee can use style and say, hey, this guy, calm down. Next time, you're getting a yellow card. The referee is mm -hmm. like, nah, this time I'm just going to give you a yellow straight up. Do you understand? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I've seen them give it, I've seen refs give it, and I've seen refs just have a yard, just, just yeah. talk to the guy and they yeah. forget it. So that yeah. yellow card is soft, but at the same time, you know, it's given. Yeah. The second so one. Yeah. Yeah, go yeah, on. Go ahead. So what you're saying. No, no, I'm not going to say the issues I had with that yesterday was yes. the incons inconsistency. But this is something we said all season with his referees yeah. because I agree. Sometimes they give them, sometimes they don't. But if you're going to yeah. give one, give the other, and vice versa. Yeah. Because yeah. if you want, if you're going to be truthful, Gabriel did similar. <laughs> very similar. Game. Yeah, very, very similar. similar. Very similar to. To um the and the most glaring one was to Nunes in the middle to of Nunes. the pitch where yeah. where Nunes gets a yellow. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When I saw that, I was like, I expected a call from the ref, you know. But I think yeah. I don't know why the ref didn't give it. But I'm, I was happy when I saw it. when I when, yeah, I, when I when I saw that Nunes was one that even now got the yellow. I was like, yeah. yep, the, the, that yeah. that works that works well for me. I don't know why the 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 ref didn't give it. Maybe he just saw Gabriel's one as a little tackle. But at the same time, I've seen another ref give that sort of tap, um, red against Gabriel. I think it was against uh, Man City a few years ago, where he yep. you know, dummies him in the middle yep. and he gives yep. him a foul. And I remember. Gives, yep. Yeah, and he gives a year. So the inconsistencies are glaring, obviously. And yeah. um, you know, but then Havertz, the way he got Kanatik sent off in that second, because that tackle, that yellow, second yellow card, Havertz baits Konate and he puts it yeah. beyond. And Havertz just knows that look. All I have to do is put the ball beyond Konate and run into him. And best believe, the ref is going to give me something here. And that's exactly what happens. Um, yeah. Konate's hand no. is up. Uh, yeah. you know, um, so what I want to end with here is, how did you see Havertz in that? Were you like particularly impressed with Havertz? Or was it just kind of like, well, he's just running around. But, you know, I mean, he did score that one-on-one. -on -one, yeah. And he, yeah. he should I'll have scored that another header. Yeah, I'll be honest. Go on, I know yeah. you put, yeah. I'll be honest, I'm not even trying to troll. I don't think he did yeah. anything special. He, mm -hmm. he, what he did well yesterday was he listened to Ateta. So okay. I guess what, 
Ateta probably made him play like that because that's probably the best way to get. That's probably the most efficient way to get the best out of Havertz. Havertz is never going to be clinical. He's never going to be that one-two touch type of player. What he'll do is just be a nuisance on the pitch. And yeah. it, it worked yesterday. It worked because mm-hmm. we, we, we didn't think he would give us, pose any issues to us, which he didn't up top. The issues he posed was creating space for your runners. Yeah. Again, yeah. that's what led to the first goal. If you look at most of your goals and most of the times we're uncomfortable at the back, it's because Harvest was creating space for the others, just being a nuisance. He's tall. He's like six yeah. foot something, if I'm not mistaken. And he's so, strong. He's strong. Yeah. You, you yeah, know he's, he's strong. strong. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so he's no slouch. So at the end of the day, I'm, um, I won't say, oh, I was super impressed. He did anything great because he did what the manager told him to do, which now speaks to my initial point that I said. Ateta is a tactician. We can say what we want to say about him. I don't like him. He, he, he's a cunt, but he's a tactician. <laughs> I'll be honest, he, he's a tactician. And he he used those tactics yesterday to get, because he could have gone with in, in Ketia. He could have gone yeah. with Eddie and, and just kept it, played it, oh played it God. safe. And BBD oh and Konate <laughs> would have would have ripped into into Inkete, if I'm being honest. Dude, but he went to have dude. it to give them am I lying? That's right, right? Yeah. Nah, this guy if if we had played uh what's it called in Kete yesterday, BBD and, and Konate would still have him in their back pocket this morning. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> I'm new. So he said, you know what, the best way to get the best out of this and ruffle the feathers yeah. were using Havet. So it was yeah. the praise should go to Ateta. What I didn't yeah. like, and I know about what ended in that segment, what I just didn't like yesterday is, again, I get the whole Carragher thing, people mm-hmm. uh, over-celebrating. I think that's rubbish. It's just, he just yeah. said that just he said that just to get Twitter riled up. You know, this yeah. this, this <laughs> one, they, they do that every now and again. Guy never will come yeah. out tomorrow and say yeah, something, course. say something big just so that he can argue on Twitter. Carragher, did, he knew what he was doing. He was beating people in and people are falling for that because everyone is reacting to it. That, and that works for him. What I think Fair was enough. a little bit cringe, in my opinion, was Ateta. Like, <laughs> with I, the, the, the fist pump. Yeah, with the fist pump. I'm like, come on, man, be original. Like, I get <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. Some people said he was trolling Klopp. Fair enough. But I've seen him do it before this season. So it's not Klopp. Yeah. It's not like it's against Klopp. It's just something he's said doing. He's been jacking Pep and Klopp for a while, which is good because he looks mm. clearly he's learning from the two best. So kudos to him on that. I just didn't like the whole fist pumping. <laughs> And are you guys are not singing songs just before the match starts? Oh, you got, I'm like, is this Anfield? Yes. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, just to just stay on, I, I think yesterday, I think yeah, the 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 stadium Emirates was electric. Like you know, like you know, everyone is into it when they start singing that North London song at the beginning, right? And I think what happened was because of how much the stadium gave the players, the players and the manager, Mikel included. Wanted to give the players, wanted to give something the fans back. something yeah. back, you know. Fair so even enough. that fist pumping that you did, I hundred percent because I've seen club do it on uh, at the Emirates before. I think he did it at the. I'm not sure if he did it at the Emirates, but he has done it against us where he does that thing where he fist pumps, you know. And I think we wanted. I think that was like you know. I think that is Spanish now. A lot of these guys, they are they are, so they are very tricky. They are very yeah, tricky. They are very petty. tricky. I like that. Yeah, I'll do your celebration in front of my guys. See how you like it. So, <laughs> so I, I I got I got I got a laugh out of that. But last thing on a cement as well. One thing that that what what um Harvest did. One thing that he showed me was the importance of Arsenal getting that big tall striker that that is a pest. Because if we can have that kind of guy 
against um, you know regular teams. If we can have that kind of Harvard's performance against regular teams, strong, big, where we can just throw the ball up front immediately. We don't have to do more than two, three passes, and he he will fight for it. You know, it just it gives him more more reason to hope for somebody like Victor. Exactly. Victor. As I watched it, yes, I was like, oh my god, if this was Victor, imagine what kind of threat we will have in the box. You know, even just that pressure, the fact that mm-hmm. Havertz put so much, you know, like pressure on mm-hmm. you guys and, and also made himself a nuisance. He kept mm-hmm. you guys away from our wingers who are now having... Yeah. Yeah. Had, more, had yeah. pretty much one of his best games this season because yeah, you guys were kind of like, what's going on here? So, I agree. You know, hopefully, I know. Yeah. One thing, on, I'll, one, thing I'll ju- one thing I'll just say to that, I agree. Someone like Victor will add a lot to your team, especially with those attributes that he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would say is, yesterday, our uh, defenders, I won't, I won't say underrated habits, but they didn't look at him as anyone serious. Mm. So, the expectation will be different. You understand? If it's a yeah. Victor. Van Dijk yeah, will okay. step up a little bit more. Konate will step up a little bit more. That is just, football, is a, there's a lot of psychological play when it comes to football. I think yeah, yesterday, yeah. they probably just, our passing was off. Everything was off. And I Very think it had a little, a little bit, yeah, it had a little bit to do with the fact that they probably just looked at, have better, mm. you know what I mean? Like sometimes you just feel mm. if that was Aguero, you don't, you wouldn't do that. Yeah, little things like enough. that. But like I said, you learn, you learn from things like that. So in as much as I agree with you, Victor comes in, he'll be able to add that part of his game to your Arsenal, which is good. But just know that people won't look at him as Havertz; they'll look at him as Victor, and they'll see something yeah. more. So he can even up. Fair enough, and you know, dude, that's fine. If they, if they focus more on Victor, it means they focus less on um, Martinelli and Saka. And that's that's fine yeah. by me. If you focus less on those guys, if you cannot double up on Saka because of Victor, it gives Saka more space. If you cannot double up on Absolutely. Martinelli because of Victor, either which way it opens up for somebody else. So I'm Absolutely. good with that. You And then finally, obviously, um, Arsenal, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, you're back in the title challenge. You know, I think what that thing, what the victory did yesterday was it just makes it so that, you know, Liverpool are not running away. I feel like I still oh, need to see what this, we do. Man. Stop saying Liverpool no, are no, running no. away. No, no, Liverpool, look, really what to do. Look, look, if you guys won, it would have it would have been eight points, you know. And I, know, I don't think you guys would have back. I know, but I know, but don't say Liverpool running away because if Man City... Oh, not from the title. Not okay, from the title. Okay, okay, okay the title. from Arsenal. Okay, fair. From okay, Arsenal. Okay, from Arsenal, okay. personally. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Like, when it comes to the title right now, we have about... 15 games left. And I'm not even yeah. looking at the title. I just want us to win the next few games. But what we're doing right now, at the start of the season, I was okay with a, with a title challenge and a trophy. I was hoping for FA Cup, but, you know, we see how that one went. But I was hoping for a title ch- challenge. And if we co- continue on this trajectory, we might not, you know, I think we'll lose at least two, three games left. But I feel like we're on a good run now. If we can get at least, in the next seven games, if we can win, you know, six of the next seven, that would mean that we've won nine in the last ten. I think yeah. we'll keep pace with you guys a little bit. You'll keep being yeah. there. And then we can, with five games left, that's when we can now look at the title and say, okay, you know what? What's happening? What can we do? Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes there. But it's good to, to just have it, to just have that Newcastle, sorry, that Liverpool did not just leave us alone. Of course. Yeah, you fair know, enough. Just, so, that's yeah, two, yeah. two quick questions there. Like, obviously, based on the fact that you've seen where both teams are now, from mm-hmm. an Arsenal side of things, or Liverpool, right? I want to ask if you're being if you're being objective here and just being neutral. What should Liverpool expect as a good season? Be, be, when you take into the account, take into account that 
we are in the Carling Cup final. We're still in Europa. We're mm-hmm. two points clear in Premiership, and we're still in FA Cup. What, what yeah. should what should what should I, as a Liverpool fan, see as a good season? I I think your season cannot be good unless you win the trophy. Even if yeah. it's Carling, you, even if it's the Carling, it's not Carling. They call it something else. Carabao, I never found Carabao, Yeah, even if it's Carabao Cup, and I don't really like. I don't think it has that much importance, Carabao Cup. But mm-hmm. I feel like the importance of there, there's an importance of club celebrating something this last, yeah. season. This last season. I think yeah. there's there's an importance of it because. You might not win the FA Cup. I think Man City are still in the FA Cup as well. Yeah. You might not win the FA Cup. The FA Cup is hard, you know. But if a, a win in a tournament like the the Carabao Cup and a win in the tournament like Europa, for example, you yeah. know, those kind of things will make your season good, right? Yeah. It will make yeah. it good to the point that like you celebrated something with club before he left, which is very important yeah. because of what yeah. he has done for your club. Now, for yeah. your season to be great. But you guys look at this season as a great season. You have to win the league. That's when, if you yeah. win the league, that's when this season will be great. And that's that's the biggest high that a club can can live on. Like me, yeah. I'm I'm happy. Like I'm good with Liverpool winning the title. I'm, I'm like, okay, well, you guys can win it. But I'm just happy that the last two times that club has come to the Emirates, he has collected it and he has gone home empty-handed. Because before yeah. before that, club was using us to dish out victories. Like we was coming to us like we're Sheffield United. Every time he came, he just dished it out. So it's good that the last two times he came, he's leaving knowing that, okay, last two times I went to these guys, these guys made sure that I didn't take anything from it. So that yeah. that's fine. So we can talk a little bit about the other games. I mean, we don't let us not we don't we don't have to dwell too much on them. I know most this part was mostly Liverpool versus Arsenal. So there's not a lot to talk about. But I guess we can we can we can throw Chelsea a little bit. You know, would have been have body and this guy. Yeah. But there are concerns about Pochettino shows again. I mean, did you watch the game? How did you see that yeah. Chelsea game? Yeah, I, I watched it. I watched the game, and and I've already relayed my uh, my views in our in our WhatsApp group. I think yeah. I think Chelsea were shambles. Am I shocked yeah. to expect it? Am I shocked or I'm not? I'm not shocked. We've all said it all season long. This mm-hmm. Chelsea team. They're not good enough for a number of reasons. Their buys haven't been good enough. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been hits, but a lot of them mm-hmm. have been misses. Their coach, yeah. in my opinion, is not good enough. Yes, mm-hmm. we can say he did well at Spurs. He did he did decent uh, in France and whatnot. But since he's been in the Premiership, obviously coming back to Chelsea, he hasn't shown us anything. He has, Chelsea fans he's always tell us injuries, injuries, injuries. But guess what? Newcastle dealt with it. United yep. dealt with it. We yep. dealt with it. There, there are a number of teams out there who have actually had injuries, but we've not actually said anything. Yes, Chelsea mm-hmm. have had injuries, but they've also had, they've got a big squad. So they should be able to deal with those injuries. With James out injured, guess who's coming? That Gusto guy who was highly rated yeah. back in France. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, he was. Chilwell, he out, was. Chilwell, out, Chilwell out injured. Guess what? You've got 60 million left back in Cucurella. Oh, Just uh, uh, <laughs> injured. You got a highly rated uh, uh, Disassi there, you know what I mean. So when Chelsea fans drop all these excuses, I'm like, no, that's not going to run. And now look at the midfield: Gallagher, Enzo, and Caicedo. All three of them have been there from the beginning of the season. Obviously, Caicedo was like a few games into the season, but they've all three of them as a trio have had minimum 15 games this season, if I'm not mistaken. If that's not enough time yeah. to get your functioning, then I don't know. I don't know how long you need. 
Then up top, they keep saying, oh, they've not had this, they've not had this. They'll, they'll give us names like, oh, Nkuku has been out, um, Broja has been out. This is the same Broja that they just loaned out because clearly they don't need him, right? So all yeah, season, can you imagine? Yeah, they've had Palmer, Modric, Sterling, at the very least, all three of them. You can't tell me, based on what I've just said, in terms of midfield and attack, that Pochettino could not have found a good enough system to get the best out of at least three, four of them. Because the only player he's probably got the best out of is Cole Palmer. And that's probably mm. not Pochettino. He's probably yeah. just come <laughs> on the whole, from the whole City. From City. So, yeah. so when I look yeah. at it from that angle, yeah, I think Pochettino has not been good enough. Now, should they sack him? In one hand, you say yes, because he's not good enough based on what I've seen. I don't think he can improve enough to actually take them to the next level. The only issue they've got is if you sack a Pochettino, who do you bring in? You're almost wow. pressing the reset button again, which is what they've been doing for the past four or five years. The only they love a reset button in that club. Yeah. <laughs> and, the issue, and the issue that we have now is you sack a Pochettino, you bring in a Deserbi. Deserbi will yeah. already say he's a good tactician. But we've seen that he's quite susceptible to big defeats. So he might yeah. win the first game 4-0. The second game, he loses 3-1. The game after that, he loses mm. 6-0. He's like that. Then what happens again? You sack him and bring a new, new manager. So they can't keep going around in circles. If I was Chelsea, if I was mm-hmm. Chelsea, I'll get rid of Pochettino at the end of the season and I'll go bring a Simeone. Because I think he's the caliber of manager mm-hmm. that they need. Because if Simeone comes in, mm. he will focus on getting those guys in shape. Because that's just the way he manages. He's a big name manager on top of that and he's a no-nonsense manager. Those mm-hmm. things put together, Chelsea might not like the football, but what he'll do, he'll, he'll put you guys back on the map. The same managers that just fit certain clubs. Like a Simeone wouldn't fit Arsenal or fit Liverpool. But in my mm-hmm. opinion, he'll fit the Chelsea because that whole grit, determination, that's what Chelsea are lacking. When I look at Chelsea now, I'm like, what is this? Those guys yeah. are just fit the way the players are, the way, the way they play. Wolves came to your house and beat you 4-2 and a random youth scored a hat-trick. That's not good enough. <laughs> like, I, like, that's not. Like, let's call a spade a spade. I just pray yeah, a little bit before the Carling Cup final. That's my, that's my <laughs> so prayer. that you can now you can get him. I mean, yeah. watching that game, watching that game and um that midfield that you talked about. So when I was watching the game, uh and you know, we won't talk too much about it, but Caicedo, right? There's a lot of talk about him, and I I pick him out because of three incidents that 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 got my antenna up. So the first incident incident is the pass to um Palmer for the first goal. Now that was a good through ball, nice through ball. He sets it up, boom, hits the through ball, go ball, nice. All right. Then um, Wolves score, I can't remember, um, Wolves score, that Wolves goal, Caicedo is dulling himself in the, midf- in the midfield and they haunted him yep. down. He's dulling, he's whatever. They haunted him down, they get the ball and they break so quickly, he's unable to catch any of them. Boom, Wolves score and equalizer. Caicedo, maybe he's feeling himself, whatever it is, he's down, whatever it is, but he calls the goal, he has an error, no problem, we keep playing. Then the, the Wolves' second goal, if you watch that goal properly, Ainori comes from almost across the pitch, right? Yeah. It goes past, I think it goes past Caicedo. But Caicedo, Ka- yeah. Caicedo notices, notices that, oh my God, this guy is running. And mm-hmm. Caicedo is unable to catch him or to affect the play. So basically, it's almost like Wolves have noticed and have targeted the fact that Caicedo... The ball that, watching that every time. Yep. He's ball watching. Or he has Every that time. lack of concentration. concentration. And they've nabbed yep. it. 
and they nabbed it and they nabbed him in that second. And they cut him out and you could see him chasing and he just couldn't get there. And for and he looked that goal, that second goal especially. I mean, the first goal that will score, I can I can say, you know what, you got caught in possession. It's all good. But that second goal, for somebody to just run across you like that, it just felt it just felt it felt it felt like it felt really bad for somebody that cost hundred million. And you know, obviously Pochettino was not impressed because I think it took him out. I'm not, I'm not sure what yeah. time it took him out, but it did take him out. And um, did you see the clip of Caicedo showing his frustration on the bench? Bench. Yeah, I did. Oh my I did. gosh, he, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he was so frustrated by. It. And when yeah. you see that, yes, you want to see passion in, with the players, but at the same time, that that's not passion, Dima. That's not passion, bro. That that's, was anger. That's, that was no, anger. yeah, no, no. That's a player who's regretting his summer decision. Oof. I'll, let's I, call it fade, fade, man. Yeah, that's a player yeah. who's regretting his summer decision. He could have been yep. playing for us, topping the table. And helping yeah. us win a trophy this season. But guess yeah. what? He's going to end the season empty-handed, probably finish eighth or ninth, and next season have probably a different manager in the dugout. And that's the way, that's and that's the way it will go for a couple of years. Because trust me, they, yeah. they, they, do, they do, unless if the next Chelsea manager that comes in or they have patience with Pochett, you know, they are very, very prone to sacking. They love a good sack. You of course. Know, and guess what? Guess, what? Yeah. guess what will happen? The new manager will come in. He might want a different type of DM. I mean, he might yeah. want, he might want a, Jorginho type you know what I'm trying to say yeah. he might go and get someone who like a no. deep line playmaker and say you know what he doesn't want a Caicedo guess what happens then Caicedo gets yep. loaned to, to Napoli yeah. or something and that, that, that Chelsea love doing stuff like that so yep that's yeah. their way yeah but okay there's one more thing I want to talk about a little bit before we move on a little bit because you mentioned De Zerbi as a manager that they can get yeah. and while De Zerbi is also De Zerbi is prone to all these um, 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 and big, big uh, losses, you know. But I, I went back, I looked at it, and I think the losses that he has had it has stayed in our minds a little bit more. I mean, this season, the biggest loss that he, ha- he has had was um, obviously Luton just very recently, and then Aston Villa as well, six 0 And then we rem- we also remember the fact that Everton gave him a nice a nice twerking this year. So I think there's yeah. some, there's there's a little bit of recency bias in the fact that like we've seen. That happened to Brighton more recently. But when you look at Brighton, Brighton's results, they've had a couple really good, they've had a few good results here and there. You know, so let's not just say, you know, you know, he's is that is that you know, he always gets it. But you can mm-hmm. see that there's there's a possibility there that he's prone to collecting it, you know. And also yeah, let's also not, again. Okay. let's also not forget that, you know, he's, he's also he's also managing Brighton. It's not like a yeah. big, big club. But at the same time, yeah. Brighton are above Chelsea. So, you know, you never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never no, know no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I, I like the Zerbi. He's definitely yeah. on my list in terms of Liverpool. The, the, the only issue I have with him is I feel that he's, he's too... He'll be one of those that is my way or the highway is his philosophy. Mm-hmm. He might be losing the game 5-0 and he will still play the way he wants to play. Like the way Ange yeah, did against against Chelsea. If you remember Ange Spurs and Chelsea, where yeah, the I, whole world could see that that highline was not working, but he stopped yeah, to it. Yeah, I just still played it. I did manage to yeah. give Jackson a hat trick. I don't know how yeah. to give Jackson a hat trick, but that's what he yeah. did. I think yeah. of Ange a little bit. Spurs again, they concede last minute against Everton, draw two mm-hmm. two. Richarlison gets gets a brace, mad goal as well. You know they are looking. Richarlison is looking like a good striker, and you know they could fight for that fourth spot. So watch them there. Um, the more, more interesting game is Newcastle versus Luton, and Newcastle this season is very weird, you know. And uh, speaking of Luton, 
as well. Let's give... Oh, before we go to Lutu, just want to give praise to Neto and Kunya. And let me ask you a question. Neto, are you guys watching him Liverpool? Would you like him yeah. in Liverpool? Yeah, he's on our list. He's on, he's he's on, been on our list. list yeah, yeah good, he's been, good, and good. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not just saying Alex is on my list because of Liverpool. Like, right, he's been someone, yeah, he's someone we've been watching for a while. But the injury, the injury that he had, the big injury, obviously yeah. stepped him back a bit. And um, yeah, okay. we, we, we want to see him, want to see him play like a full season before we say let's commit. Or at least there's another one on our list as well. Am I happy? Then, by the way, am, am I happy then on our list? No, both of them. I'm, I'm really not. Just so mm. I put that out there. Quality players, injury prone. Mm. What did I like about? I like Neto, but the thing that that that, that kind of has me thinking about Neto a little bit, is the fact that Neto plays in a system where there's a lot of space for him to run into. Do you understand? When you watch Wolves play, Wolves have a great counter-attacking transition team and they break so quickly, right? But when you watch Arsenal game play, our game is more, is, is slower. It's a lot slower. Mm-hmm. The tempo is a lot slower. We're playing against D-blocks. I don't know how good Neto is when he doesn't have when he can't see that green grass in front of him. Last, yeah. when, to be honest, with Saka as well, this season he has found it hard as well to skip yeah. by guys because yeah. of, but, so that is very hard. I don't know. Trust if, me. Let, let me tell you what it is. See, yeah. at the end of the day, it boils down to you need to learn how to reinvent your game because exactly. when there you go. yeah, that's that's what it is. You need and that's something that a lot of white men. Don't do well. That's why mm. after one season you don't hear you don't hear from them again. Because to yeah. your point, a lot a, a lot of these small teams, it's very easy for them to shine when they're playing for the likes of Crystal Palace, Wolves, and whatnot. Because no one's playing a low block against them. Yeah. But once they start playing a low block against some of these teams, they find it hard. Why do they? Yeah. Uh, why do they find it hard? Just think about it. There's no, there's, there's no green grass to run into. Yeah. That's why, like yeah. I said, Saka's Saka, I won't say he's struggling because now he's finding form again. But you just hit the nail on the head. There's no grass to run into, so you need to try something different. You can't just rely on, you know what? I'll shift it and I'll whip it in. No, that's why you got to give kudos. I'm not trying to make it about Liverpool. You got to give kudos to a player like Mo Salah. Yeah, that's what he, every season he keeps reinventing his game, but still yeah. getting still getting goals. Because it's not easy. Yes. Because your your position managers are watching you. They're seeing what you're good at, and they're they're not making it more difficult for you. That's another reason why some of these players get to big clubs. And they, they don't step up because now you're playing a different type of game. Everyone now is playing low block against you. Two seasons nice. ago, no one's playing low block against Arsenal. But now yeah. people are playing low blocks against you. So you need to start looking for something different to play. You guys of had course. a good game yesterday because when you play the big games, the big team is punch versus punch. No one's playing Liverpool not playing low block, Arsenal not playing low block. So your best players can still find opportunities to shine. When you play against teams that Want to defend deep and in numbers? That's mm. going to be going to be inventive. Correct, correct. So let's see. I mean, I, I I think he has the ability to actually, like you said, he has the ability to change his game. But you know, I would rather have somebody that you know has that technical ability, right? Already mm-hmm. straight down mm-hmm. that plays that looks like he can play that low block. And when mm-hmm. I watch Olise, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like Olise already kind of has that ability in him. So if I was going to pick one, I would rather go for Lise than go for Neto. But I feel like they're both players that are doing... Sorry, it's not Neto. But they are both having really good seasons. Neto especially. He's actually balling this season. He's making Kulia look good. And that's yeah. are, you not, are you not scared of the injuries, bad. though? Are you not scared of the injuries? Are you not scared of the injuries? Yeah, 
But you're not scared of Ulisse's injury? <sighs> I think I think I'm scared of it, but at the same time, um, I feel like if you have Ulisse, you have Saka. We're not going to be totally dependent on true, Ulisse. True, we'll true. just have him as you know. But true. then again, it's very very hard to have two players of that quality and that in age one range. position at that yeah. age range. It's very very hard to do. So I don't even see how it's going to happen. Even Deto as well. It's very hard to, to convince Neto that, hey, look, come and stay at Arsenal. Unless we sell somebody like Smith Rowe. Even Trussard as well. His minutes will get seriously reduced if Neto comes in. But, you know, you never know with all these managers if they're able to make that make that move happen. So, me, what I would like to end on... I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, United got a win. If Shola was here, I'll talk about it a little, more, a little bit more. Um, I, I don't really have much to say on that, on, on that win, you know. Uh, Mido did well. You know, uh, Ganacho did well. Rasmus... Rasmus yeah. again gets it goal. Rasmus is actually picking up a little bit of form here. He's looking, he's yeah, looking pretty good. Got, yeah. he's looking pretty it's good. Got, yeah, it's got four and four. So now we don't. Yeah, we're not, we're not, Yeah, but we're not yet. Um, United fans tell us that they're not. They're not passing to him anymore. You know, yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, the first, the first fifteen games, they kept telling us, "Oh well, they're not passing the ball to him." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good. It's good. They are getting. Good. I mean, that the only thing I'll point out in that West Ham game that there was a point where I think it was Emerson. I yeah, feel like everything got all the chances. Yeah. yeah. If yeah, you had laid that ball and, and they scored that ball, you know, but then again, you know, if you don't create enough and if the chances kept keep going to the wrong person, then, you know, you're obviously going to lose yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, football, I, I, yeah. I would like... Football is about yeah. margins. Football is about margins. And obviously, like you said, because I watched the game as well, West Ham had chances, especially at 1-0. And you score a goal, the game changes and they didn't. So, fair play, yeah. uh, kudos to United. They did what they had to do and they got... They got the W, big win for them because yeah. um, back-to-back yeah. wins is a rarity yeah. for them. And um, lastly, I would like to I'll just end on right now is uh, Luton. I feel like Newcastle underestimated them, especially when they scored that first goal. You know, they scored their goal. They're like, you know, they, they felt a bit, you know, you know, they could take this Luton guys. Nothing they have, nothing they shell them. But mm. Luton counter-attack yesterday, they did so well. Barkley is looking so good again. You know, the way they play, the way they outmuscled um, uh, Newcastle, it's just very unlucky that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Newcastle uh, was able to equalize. But good for Luton, and hopefully we see them uh, do much better in the league, you know. So um, that's it for today. Um, I think the City game has already started, so I can yeah. leave you to go and enjoy no, no, it. No. no, it's fine. Just a few things before we go. Obviously, I know what we're... Yeah, uh, yeah go, on, go on, go on. I'm 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 watching the CE uh, game and I don't know why uh, Thomas Frank will be playing regularly against Man City. I've already seen him. I've already seen him lose his position like three, four times already, and it's only been seven minutes because you know he's wow. an attacking he's an attacking fullback, which yeah, means he would be yeah. facing behind. But I guess yep. he has his reasons why. I just um, and Guardiola's going for this because he's playing KDB and 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 Rodri as the two sitters. So he's playing wow. all his attacking players where uh, Alvarez mm. behind Haaland. I'm expecting a, I'm expecting three points to see, but as an Arsenal fan, as a Liverpool fan, all we can do is hope, right? And hope that of course right, and that, that Brentford are able to do something. Very, very my last one is I was looking at the fixtures for next week. And I think this next week is a pivotal week in mm. title and top four race. And I'll tell you why quickly before we go. Mm. We've got mm-hmm. we've got Burnley on Saturday. Okay. You guys mm-hmm. are away to West Ham on Sunday. And United are away to Villa on Sunday. So I feel like, those, I think our game will be, all things being equal, we should beat Burnley. But you, you've got a very tricky game against West Ham, even though they're not on form. It's obviously the it's a, it's a derby. The United have 
away to Villa. And the reason why I pointed yeah. that game out is if United beat Villa, all of a sudden they start looking mm. up because yeah. they're trying to chase Villa. <laughs> yeah. But if Villa, yeah. if Villa beats United, they're almost just telling United you're not coming into this race. So that, just I swear. That's, yeah. And that's good that you bring that up because you know Villa have Watkins that is actually up for very good yeah. performance against um, Aston Villa. Sorry, against them, Sheffield yeah. United away from home. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you mentioned West Ham. I have a feeling that we're going to beat West Ham. But we're actually going yeah. to because when we played against them in December, we were supposed to beat them. We just fucked up. But I think we're going to correct that when we go back to their house. I don't know. And I, I feel like Rice is going to take this on his head. He's going to take this on yeah. his head and say, nah. I'm not going back to this place I collected the way I collected at Emirates. Because the yeah. Emirates was a mistake. It was an aberration. We shouldn't yeah. have lost that game. Yeah. And How I long think we'll go example? there. Yeah, you guys I don't know. Days. I, no, well, I think it said days. It said days. Oh, days. I think, okay. I, I think said days. But it won't be long, hopefully. I hope he comes back because I would rather he played than, um, than um, Havertz played up top because I feel like that kind of game, it, it needs somebody like him. But whichever, whoever plays that game, I feel like revenge is in the air right now. Revenge, we are, we are smelling revenge. We smell blood. And I'll be surprised if we go. Yeah, I'll be surprised if we go there and West... Like, I, I, I'm not like... Obviously, it's the Premier League and anything can happen. But right now, I'll be very surprised if we go to West Ham and West Ham beat us. Very surprised. Very, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, think, I, I, I think, expect us to win. I expect, I expect you to win as well. But top game, like mm. I said, because West Ham, they've got Bowen and Kudus back. And even though yeah. it's, in their, it's in their house, they will still play on the counter, which you guys don't like. So it's going to be one of those ones where you're going to have to play or to beat them. You probably beat them 2-1. 2-1, I'll say. I think, uh, I think the United Aston Villa one, I say, I'm predicting early fixtures. Obviously, a lot of things can change during mm-hmm. the week. But if I'm yeah. early predictions now, I'll say Aston Villa will be uh, my United. Only just. All right. No worries. So that's it. That, that's it for today, Alex. Thank you for coming on. Uh, no I appreciate worries, that and definitely no you know, we'll catch you on the next one we'll probably try and do another one after the games next week Sunday have a great week everyone thank you all for listening so far and I will catch you on the next one goodbye nice one bless right, cheers bye man <laughs>